Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody, what's up? We are live, Market Party Express. We have an audience of one here cheering us on. Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell. Chris, what do you think of the digs, man? Good as always, huh? It feels amazing up here today. A little breeze, a little sun. Yeah, it's great awesome. place to come hang out before the game. Great place to party. Um, again, Market Party Express. Uh, brought to you by Market on Main. You can have your graduation party here. You can come tailgate and party before the game here. If you want to have the whole cockaboose experience without owning a $300,000 cockaboose, is I think what they're going for these days, uh, come check it out. I believe the rest of the games, there's still tickets that you can get for this experience. So go check that out, marketonmain.com. Um, before we get rolling, we've actually got a drawing to do. Kendall Smith is here. For those who didn't see it on Twitter, we are taking before the sandstorm, not on the road, but we're, we, we've taken it to many different places. It's been at Still Hands, great mm-hmm. venue, obviously. It's been at Soda City. It's been right here on this cockaboose. Um, has it been anywhere else, Kendall? I was in Kentucky. Yeah, it's been to the um, library. What was the name of the library? Willie T. I was about to say, not Willie B, but Willie T. Um <laughs> It has been live on Zoom before, uh, not near as uh, cool. So we're taking it to a tailgate. We have four entries, and we had so many great entries. Um, no, there's four. I think Kendall forgot one. Um, or did she add one? Oh, no, I have them. All right, we got them. We got four great entries, and what we're going to do, we're going to do the Saturday South Carolina versus Missouri before the sandstorm live from a tailgate, and uh, I tweeted the four. Kendall, you, we're doing this mm-hmm. on the fly. You got a randomizer? Yeah, I yeah. Do. I you have got a randomizer. randomizer on my phone. All right. So everybody can see it. Drum All right, roll. Do you want to name, please. though, who's the finalists? Um, so we got Kyle Bolton. We've got um, Jen and Kevin. Uh, do you want to say the last Kryzan. name? Kryzan. I was going to say Kryzan. Um, Jen and Kevin, great people as well. Um, Todd Packer. Right over here at Garnet Society Lot. We've we've been to some of these. And so I felt like it wasn't going to be fair because I've been to some of them and had a great time. So we wanted to make it very random. And then um, we had uh, L. Thomas 1021. Um, sorry, I don't remember your first name because I've not met you. So this is completely random. Some folks on here we know, some we haven't met before. So we're going to we're going to let fate decide. We're going to let fate decide where we're going. <laughs> For before the sandstorm, Kendall, right. drum roll, please. What we got? We can see it is going. It is going. Thinking, loading the results. Tim the Packer, TV yes, Packer the Tim Packer two. tailgate. That is the winner. Okay, Peter that's Mark, right over there. Um, it's right under Gamecock Walk. Oh, that's Carolina perfect. Walk. Carolina Walk. I get those mixed up all the time. All right, Carolina right. Walk. Um, yes, yeah, so. I guess if anybody else wants to come by, Tim, we're 
We're inviting the crowd to your yeah, tailgate. Everybody now out. everybody knows where Tim is. Yeah, so. sorry, Tim. Um, <laughs> and uh, did I did I say Tim Packer off the top? Because we we were talking about we were talking about the office before, and <laughs> I was about to say Todd Packer. I think but, I hope uh, Todd Packer's not there. He's very inappropriate. Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, so Kendall, before the sandstorm, live from a tailgate. Noon tomorrow. Are you excited? I haven't been to a tailgate in two years, maybe more. Because I work every game, so I don't get the chance to get out there and go. So I'm really, really excited. I've heard this is a really good one. When we were coming up with ideas, I think that was a name that you mentioned. It like is. The it Packer is. tailgate is great. Yes. So yes. I'm excited. They got a lot of ats, a lot of tags in your original tweets. So we'll come on out there and have a good time. And the crowd needs to be rowdy. We need to contest college game day here. That's yes. What we're um, Chris, I don't know if you know this, but we have the number one rated South Carolina pregame show on YouTube. Yeah. Um, no that. big deal. Yes. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. On the uh, West Mitchell rating system. But, um, <laughs> Kendall, while we got you, I know you're the busiest person on planet Earth. What um, What are your thoughts on the game, on the spot? What you got? I'm excited for the game. I think it'll be a good one. Missouri's been a headache for South Carolina, obviously, for the last few years. Missouri's on a three-game win streak. I think it'll be a closer game. Uh kind of similar teams I think South Carolina is the overall better team but both strong defenses both have had offensives that have struggled at times I think Missouri's offense is significantly worse though I would say like not that South Carolina's offense is bad but I just think Missouri's offense has really really stalled um I think I had it kind of close 24-17 maybe South Carolina winning um I think the Gamecocks will pull it out but this is kind of another one of those big ones where it's getting over the hump of finally beating Missouri what was your not score prediction, but your prediction that Chris makes us give every week. <laughs> Chris um, makes us give him a prediction that isn't a score. I said that the defense prediction. is going to score. So I think that there might be a pick six this week, scoop and score, something along those lines. Okay, bon- bonus points. Mm-hmm. Who Who's it going to be? You get credit if anybody does, but just to see if you're like actually, you know, prophetic here. I'm going to say – a pick six, and it's going to be Darius Rush. Oh, okay. I like it. He was like so it. close last Building week. Building on last week. Yes. So I think this week it's going to be Darius. That's could, my prediction. It, it could happen. And you said your score, 21-17? 24-17, 24-17. I think yeah. we all are going to end up having yeah. very similar scores. Um, we already gave our scores earlier, but we'll make this crowd wait to give our scores. Kendall, final thoughts, what you got? We'll let you get out of here. I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. I love a 4 p.m. game. I won't be yawning after the game. I'll be nice and awake, nice and excited. Uh, It's supposed to be a beautiful day here in Columbia as well. I said this earlier, but no U of SC, only USC going forward. You all saw the big news earlier in the week. Uh, It's going to be a great game. Can't believe it's my second to last one at williams Bryce as a student. It's kind of sad. Was anybody on campus sad? To see, did anybody on campus use U of SC? No. Like, that seems like the most no-brainer layup so of a decision. Ever. It was so bad. Like nobody liked it. Nobody, nobody thought it was a good idea. I mean, we always called ourselves USC. But so everybody, everybody, but now was it's happy. official. That, Correct. That was the most quick thing on GameTalk Central. I guarantee. This no, week. there's no doubt. It was a press release no. about no. USC or U of SC. Um, what is that going on? Anyway, all right. Thank you, guys. I'm excited. Packer tailgate tomorrow. Noon. Wes is going to go crazy. 
get wild. I got to work, but we're going to make Wes have the so. time of his life out there. So and, uh, uh, enjoy the tailgate. Yeah, sorry, Tim. We're inviting everybody to your tailgate. Uh, <laughs> come show up. You'll find us. Kendall, have a good rest of the day. Thank you. I'm off. But back enjoy to class. The show. She Go goes. <laughs> All right, Chris. Um, this show is, of course, always presented by our buddy Clint Hammond. Mortgage Network, ClintHammond.com. Uh, Kendall's over here knocking chairs over. <laughs> it fell on the she floor, did pick them up. Um, 803-771-6933. Let's, um, let's talk about this game, man. We've been trying to hold back maybe a few thoughts. Maybe we've given them all already. But <laughs> this is going to be an interesting game as it is every week. But two defensive that defenses that have just been very disruptive up front as of late and – Two offenses that may be susceptible to that very thing, I think. So, what what is going to give there, in your opinion, when when Missouri's D line is on the field and when South Carolina's D line is on the field? Yeah, I mean, I, I think both defenses are going to make some plays and make things difficult on the opposing offense. So, when that happens, I mean, to me, it kind of comes down to the smaller things. You know, which team can hit an explosive play, whether that's a 50-yard run or pass that sets you up for a score or even gets you directly into the end zone. The team that can make a few of those and still doesn't play that well versus the team that doesn't hit those explosives and doesn't play, play well, the one with the explosives is going to win. Or you look at something like turnovers, right? Uh, you look at special teams. I mean, when you, when you have a game where points are going to be at a premium and you think it's going to be tightly contested, maybe a fourth-quarter game, I feel like that's kind of all our expectation. I think you got to boil it down to a handful of plays and then who makes those. And then when you're looking at the big picture view of this game, you look at the dip, there's some similarities between these teams, but there's one really key difference, if nothing else, is that South Carolina's found a way to win some of mm -hmm. these games and Missouri has found a way to lose them. And so maybe because of that, you give the advantage to the Gamecocks. Yeah, if, if that wasn't the key difference that you gave, I was going to say that exact thing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Gamecock Moving uh, truck just went by. Shout out to those guys, GamecockMoving.com, sponsor of ours on 107.5. Uh, great people, great business. But, um, Chris, man, it uh, it is interesting. Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know if finding a way to win and finding a way to lose is, like, something you can quantify. Yeah. But yeah. – Think about the difference in the perception of these two teams right now, these two seasons right now. Um, Missouri just not really been, not really creating much buzz right now. South Carolina all of a sudden has a tremendous amount of buzz. You know, we talk about swing games in a season, swing games on a schedule all the time. Think about how much that Kentucky win for South Carolina just sort of swung things. They've ridden that momentum over Texas A&M. Now – they have an opportunity here, I think, to kind of, I don't want to say right or wrong, but kind of to show another, I would say, point of progress. And that is now kind of dealing with some winning. Not, yeah. not that, you know, not that they're undefeated, not that, you, not that people are like crowning them at this point, but they have been on the other end of some, some praise, rightfully so, the last few weeks. And you beat Kentucky – Everybody's happy, but cautious. A mm and -hmm. never beaten them in the school history at football. You go win that game. Now you come home. It's homecoming. Everybody's happy. Getting patted on the back in class maybe a little bit. 
little more attention. Can you, to me, that's a next step. Can you deal with the other side of being a college athlete? A lot of what Beamer has tried to instill is kind of dealing with the, oh, these other guys don't believe in you. Don't, don't listen to Twitter. Don't listen mm-hmm. to people um, downing your program. Don't listen to people in the media, you know, picking against you. Now can you deal with some success in a game that is flipped now? Carolina is – it's a small line, but they are the favorite in this game. Yeah, and we've seen examples of that confidence that Beamer has instilled, like you said. I mean, even last season they would be able to follow up a, a very difficult loss with a win. Mm-hmm. Um, the other side of that was that last year they didn't deal with that success well because then they would the next week sometimes go in the other direction. I think they're better suited this year offensively, defensively, on special teams. This is just a team that's better suited to be able to handle the ebbs and flows. And even in the Kentucky game, I mean, it took them a while for them to put Kentucky away. There was adversity in that game. A&M looked like they had a chance to really, really stomp on their third early. They didn't. Mm-hmm. A&M came back and made that a very close game. South Carolina dealt with adversity. So it, it seems like, Wes, that Shane Beamer has his team playing with confidence, but now he's also making a point to – whether it's through the media or with this team, make sure that everybody knows that this Missouri team is going to come in here with a record that doesn't look very good, but a team that could easily have five wins, easily could have beaten Georgia, uh, could have beaten Auburn, um, and has played in a lot of close games and kind of setting the table for this is probably going to be a close game. Last night at his call-in show on 107.5 The Game, Backstreet's mentioned, uh, hey, A&M had some really good receivers. We think Missouri's better. Mm-hmm. So you can tell he's trying to set the table for his team that there's going to be more adversity. You've dealt with it well so far. You're going to have to deal with it again on Saturday. Yeah, man. And I, I think, um, you know, I, I thought it was an interesting point from uh, from Gabe DeArmond on 107.5 this week with Pearson Fowler. He said this is a Missouri team that has found ways to beat themselves. Yep. And, you know, seems like a simple thing. You, you don't ever want to go into a game – with kind of that passive mindset, you yeah. know. So I'm, I'm kind of talking on both sides of my mouth. But all the more important here for South Carolina not to put themselves in a position where they beat themselves. And um, I'm not saying you don't play aggressively, but it kind of feels like if South Carolina can just play a pretty average game, not hurt themselves, that Missouri has shown – they, they will put themselves in bad spots. And I, I think that goes back to your your thoughts you've had the last few weeks about turnovers and the number of turnovers South Carolina's had in that this doesn't feel like a Missouri offense, um, particularly a Missouri offensive line that has the consistency to just go up and down the field on South Carolina. You know, are they going to be good for maybe a couple of touchdown drives? Probably so. But I think they're going to need help from South Carolina, short fields, something in special teams, mistakes if they're going to put up, you know, 24, 28, 30 points, something like that. So, for me, the key goes back to exactly what you've said. You can't just give them these easy fields, easy looks, because Carolina, I thought, had a chance to put Kentucky away early in that game. Turnovers kept that from happening. Um, And in that case, it was Carolina's driving in to score against A&M. It was a matter of having turnovers sort of backed up against your own end zone and putting A&M in a position to score 10 somewhat easy points off of South Carolina turnovers. Yeah, even if those one-play drives that resulted in turnovers, 10 A&M points, 
even if you gain eight yards on each of those drives and you punt the football with Kai Kroger, who had a great game otherwise, you're probably in good shape. And that game is probably not a one-score game in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's not a far-fetched leap, mm-hmm. you know, to take. So, But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Missouri, they have found – they've done it in about every way you can think of. They gave up a defensive score or, or a scoop and score to Vandy, backed up. Vandy blitz, caused a fumble, scoop and score. Uh, they've given up a pick six against Florida. Seven points ended up being the difference. Against Auburn, you miss a chip shot field goal. Then you fumble literally going in to score through the back of the end zone. You lose that game twice almost. Um, what else did they have? I mean, four turnovers against Kansas State. Against Georgia, you win the turnover margin two to nothing, but you end up losing the game. What's one primary reason? You're on the goal line and you fall start and you come away with no touchdown. So they have found all sorts of different ways. And what you said about the Missouri offensive line to me is a key. Which team do you think is in better suited to make less mistakes? Given the way they're both playing right now, I do think it's South Carolina. Now they have to go do it, but this Gamecock defensive line has been really good the past two weeks. Missouri struggled. They struggled to block Vandy. Brady Cook's made a lot of mistakes. West, no career passing touchdowns on the road this mm-hmm. season. No touchdowns and five picks. Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. E- each game, each team stands on its own, but in road games, uh, has not been good against non-Vandy teams. I think one win right on the road. So there are a lot of statistical things and eyeball things that you can kind of look at and, and think that Missouri, like you said, they make a lot of mistakes. So if you're South Carolina, make sure you're not on the wrong end of that. Yeah, you're reading my mind, man. I was about to go into the fact this is a home game for South Carolina. Missouri has not played that well on the road. And, um, you know, this feels to me like another game where South Carolina will have an opportunity to put the game away and possibly, you know, maybe win by two scores. I don't want to say win going away like they're going to blow them out, but win to where – you're fairly comfortable sitting in the stadium. You know, uh, the Kentucky game, very, very close, but then Carolina starts to kind of put it away in the second half. A&M game had the big lead. A&M inches back. It looks like Carolina's about to put it away. You have a turnover. Then looks like Carolina's put it away. A&M ends up last gasp effort driving down the field. You get the person, you know, the late hit on the quarterback. They kick the field goal. They get the onside. A bunch of different things had to happen to draw that game back close. But, you know, it it feels like the stats are telling us this is going to be a close game. Me personally, I I also feel like this could end up being like a 10, 14-point South Carolina win if they play a clean game. Like, I feel like that opportunity is there for them. If this game was at Missouri, if it was on the road, I would be, from a Carolina perspective, much more concerned about it. You still have to play well. If Carolina plays bad, they'll get beat, period. Like, I'm not saying this is an easy game by any means. But it could be if Carolina plays a pretty solid game, one where they'll have a chance to pull away, maybe win by 10 points, 14 points, and um, we'll just see if they could do that tomorrow. Yeah, and I I talked to somebody who watches a lot of college ball. He's in the game recently and kind of asked about thoughts on this game and the, the response that I got back kind of matched what I thought. and It was that it's probably going to be a close game, probably a fourth-quarter game. But uh, if there is a blowout, it's probably not going to be Missouri administering the blowout. Yeah. Uh, it does, you know, this person didn't feel like Missouri is built for that. They have gotten in a lot of close games, win or lose. Um, you know, even who's it, Abilene Christian, who they 
played this season. That was their only other win, right, aside from Vandy. Uh, or no, they had one more win. They have they have not played well, you know, well enough mm-hmm. uh, in all the other games to either win going away. Like you look at the Vanderbilt game, it's 17 nothing and a half. You could go out in the second half and, you know, pull away. They were not able to do it. At least with South Carolina, when you look at Kentucky and A&M, their inability to put those teams away. They did end up putting Kentucky away, but it took a while. Those are more quality teams than, say, a Vanderbilt, you know, or even an Auburn, you know, I think, which obviously Missouri was unable to put away or even win that game. Yeah, and I think um, – I, I don't know, man. It, it feels to me – maybe this is my own bias. Um, it feels like not all close games are created equal. You know, like if, yeah. it, if it's a 10-point game and at some point – a game is like 45 to 35 and both offenses are just going up and down the field. You kind of feel like, you know, you're one bad play on offense away from the other team sort of taking momentum and sort of taking back the game potentially a 24 to 14 type game, 10 points against a Missouri offense that has not been good. If Carolina continues to play well on defense, um, just feels different to me. So that, I wouldn't be surprised if this was one of those games where Carolina it, – it, the score remains somewhat close for most of the game, but Carolina sort of feels pretty good, feels in control of the contest. Um, we'll see if they can run the ball with Marshawn Lloyd. We'll see if they can get some explosives from Marshawn Lloyd because I think you can almost expect Missouri's going to get some of their negative plays. Like They're going to create some negative plays. I, I personally, Chris – I would do some play action on first down, roll Rattler out, not straight dropbacks where he's getting hit from the backside. Roll him out. I think you're going to have to throw on some rundowns, run on some throwdowns against these guys just to keep that pass rush. You know, Trajan Jeffcoat from right down the road, his teammates on this defensive line, really good players, really good at getting into the backfield. Keep them off balance. Eventually, do you want to get back to just feeding Lloyd? Absolutely, but – I wouldn't be surprised, man, if there were some grumbles early on where people are saying, why isn't Lloyd getting the ball? What's going on? But I don't know if that's a wrong call. Like, I, I think there are scenarios, you know, maybe you're getting Lloyd the ball in the passing game as opposed to just handing it to him. Big key, I don't think you can just line up and expect to block these guys consistently. You're going to have to throw some things at them. It seems like Carolina hit that counter play, that counter run quite a bit against Missouri last year. Maybe you throw them some misdirection type wrinkles to try and get them thinking up front as opposed to just pinning their ears back mm-hmm. and going. Well, and speaking of pinning your ears back, I mean, the thing, and Marcus Satterfield pointed this out on Wednesday during his media availability, South Carolina's got to be better in this game, and just in general, but really, especially in this game, they got to be better about not getting called in third and you know, six, third mm-hmm. and eight, third and 10, 12. You don't want to be in those situations because this team, they that's where they like to unleash, you know, the more exotic blitz packages. Same with South Carolina. I mean, Missouri's probably talking about the same thing in their meeting rooms right now. Hey, we can't get behind the sticks against South Carolina. So for the Gamecocks offensively, whether it is running Lloyd or passing the ball in first and second down, whatever it may be, you know, you want to be in more of those third and two, third and one situations. Now, they got to be better running the football in those and converting. Mm-hmm. Other thing Satterfield pointed out that was interesting was they've been better in third and longs, you know, actually. But in general, yeah. that's not as sustainable. 
not so sustainable. You, you don't want to be in those. You're more prone to make mistakes, more prone to take a sack or something bad to happen than something good. You know what is sustainable? Our friends at Liberty Tax. Um, 803-462-5576. Um, tax team or tax season, I should say, is right around the corner. Um, but if you own a business, there are lots of things right now, even when it's not tax season, that Liberty Tax can help you out with. If you're just getting started and you need somebody to help you with payroll services, bookkeeping services, basically anything that keeps you from the day-to-day of running your business and making money, our friends at Liberty Tax can help you with that. Again, 803-462-5576. Three convenient locations here in the Midlands. They got Lexington, they got Irmo, and they got right here in Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out to Larry and our friends at Liberty Tax. Again, 803-462-5576. We're going to talk a little recruiting. Uh, official visitor this week, I would say, Chris, quite obviously, not the depth of top talent that they had in last week, as you would expect for the night game against A&M. But still a good group. You can go read the whole list on GamecockCentral.com. And um, more importantly, an official visitor this week, and Elijah Davis, the JUCO defensive lineman, four-star guy on all three. He's from East Mississippi Community College. Also uh, originally from Wagner Sally here in South Carolina. And he has emerged uh, actually for, for months now as a priority target for South Carolina. And I, I think a situation here, man, where you look at what Jimmy Lindsay's done, you look at Jody Wright, who has a bunch of ties in uh, Alabama, Mississippi, um, some, some areas that South Carolina doesn't always recruit everybody in, but they definitely have spot recruited very well in those two states. And uh, Jody Wright, with some ties to Mississippi. I think um, this is one of those guys that doesn't talk a lot as far as the recruiting process goes. No. So it can be dangerous to predict because you never quite know what's going on. However, being a Palmetto State kid, being someone South Carolina recruited um, a bit out of high school, um, and given those ties, the guys that are recruiting him, the relationships there, he's been on campus several times. I cautiously feel pretty good about where Carolina is entering this weekend, I'm sure they would love to go ahead and and get a Beamer welcome home tweet out maybe on Sunday if they could land Elijah Davis this weekend. It's, it's been a minute since the welcome home tweet. Every time, you know, you get the tweet notification and it says Gamecock fans and some spaces, you're like, is this going to be the one? Yeah. And it hadn't been lately. Um, no problem with that. Obviously, South Carolina has, you know, they're getting closer and closer, at least in the high school and JUCO ranks. From a numbers standpoint, they're fine. We know they'll probably hit the portal in the offseason. But there are some big targets left, and Davis is one. Someone that we've been tracking for a long time, Wes, even out of high school, under the previous staff. I remember seeing him in camp at high school, and you just had the feeling that, man, this is a kid who could really develop and become something. And he has. I mean, Alabama's recruited him. Georgia in the past recruited him. A bunch of other schools. And there have always been some rumblings just here and there of, hey, well, Elijah Davis shut it down. And here are those – what, back in the spring, summer, mm -hmm. and it hasn't happened yet, and probably one reason is just what you said, that he is quiet, but this is a guy that probably could be counted on to come in and play early. South Carolina will lose Zach Pickens after this season. Um, they'll lose some other guys up front. They'll have some opportunities for early playing time, and this is a guy that they really like and would be a big addition to the class. Yeah, you know, I, I think anytime you can get guys from the state and get them back to the state, especially if they're good players, um, you want to look hard into that. And I think you know, this is someone 
you know, even go back to the previous staff, Carolina has been high on this kid since he was in high school. You just knew there were some, obviously some, some academic things he had to work through. He's done that now with Juco and um, has a bunch of SEC offers. Obviously, when he doesn't really do interviews, you don't really have a way of knowing how hard those other schools are going after him, how much he's really truly considering them from mutual interest standpoint. But you can feel pretty sure that South Carolina and Elijah have a lot of mutual interest with each other. So this will be their chance to lock him down. There were some rumors that he would maybe commit before the end of the summer. Um, we'll see now that he's waited this long. Will he just wait it out? Or will he just go forward and go ahead and commit? We'll find out this weekend. But I think a great opportunity for them. Again, some other guys are going to be here too. Um, so 24, some 25s. Uh, again, we got the full list on Gamecock Central. Uh, let's get close to, to closing this thing out, Chris. Big game, obviously. Gamecocks want and need another W to keep the momentum of this season going. Um, our keys to victory will go out on Gamecock Central about Very 30 minutes from now. Yep. What you got? Final prediction time. Um, give, yeah. me, give me a key first. Oh, a key first. Okay. You give me a key. I'll give everybody a key. Then we'll do our final predictions. All right. Um, let's see. I'm trying to go mull through my keys in the head. Um, I will say, man – that uh, South Carolina, just what I said earlier, stay stay on schedule. Don't get behind the change. You don't want to be in consistent third and seven, third and ten against this team. And, and really, if they're doing that, they're probably being pretty balanced on offense between the running pass. They're probably distributing the ball. Marshawn Lloyd's probably getting his touches. Spencer Rattler's probably being efficient. I think that's the biggest thing. If they're on schedule, I think they can move the football possess the football, avoid big mistakes. That's kind of a very small thing in the grand scheme of things. It's not just win turnover margin, although that's important too. But that's the one that I would kind of focus in on right now. I'm going to be kind of uh, – I'm trying to uh, expand my vocabulary a little yeah. bit at the age of 36 years old. It's never but, too um, A word I've heard people use a lot lately that I've never used until right now is the word granular. Yeah. So I'm going to give a little bit more granular um, – <laughs> answer in saying set the edge on defense against one. Missouri's stretch play outside zone whatever you want to call it I just still have this these images in my head of Beatty running all over Carolina last year uh, of them going getting down late coming back needing one stop not being able to get it back the football because he was able to ice the game running it um I thought Jordan Birch might have played his best game as a South Carolina football player last week. Mm-hmm. Can he continue that? Can Gilbert Edmond, who's been, I think, really, really good, honestly, guys. But, you know, that, that's maybe not his strong suit. Great pass rusher at this point in his career. But he's been solid. He's been better than expected, I think, against the run. Can he keep that up? This is not a great Missouri O-line. I remember last year when we had Gabe on the show, Missouri's O-line had pretty good grades from PFF. And I remember asking him, and he said, huh? That might be a little fool's gold. They're not that great. Well, they were still able to run the football against South Carolina. I think there have been some really good signs for Carolina's run defense this year. Not that they're like a shutdown group, but compared to last year. Oh, yeah. Lots of progress. Progress. They got off blocks very well, I thought, against A&M. You know, A-Chain hit the seam a couple times, busted a few explosives, but there were also several plays where he got nothing or got a couple yards and – um, they weren't just getting gashed time after time. So 
a little bit different game in how Missouri will structure their rushing attack. Can you keep? Can you turn him back inside their two backs? Can you uh, set that edge and, and play well on the outside there? I think will be a, a really big key for South Carolina in this game. Um, prediction time. I think we're both. Uh, we won't bury this lead. I think we're both going Gamecocks. What's yep. your score? Yeah, I've got South Carolina 24, Missouri 17. Close game, I've, as we've talked about. Points probably not flying around left and right tomorrow afternoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think South Carolina makes a few more plays. I think they must make a few less mistakes and end up getting it done in the end. Yeah, we uh, all of our scores, I think, have been very, very similar. Yeah. Um, I gave the wrong score that I had sent <laughs> in to Gamecock Central on 107.5 earlier. I said 24-14. I was going back and forth between two – 10-point margin scores. 27-17 is my official prediction. Um, I could see there being – just the offense versus the defenses, I was thinking even a little bit lower than that. I could see there being a turnover or two, maybe some ugly play in the middle of this game that could lead to scoring. Not that 27-17 is like some high-scoring affair, but um, there could be some some defensive or special teams, at least setups for some offensive score. We're going 27-17. I think South Carolina wins the game. My only question is, are fans in this facility behind us sweating it out for the entire contest, or is it a beautiful homecoming afternoon in Columbia, South Carolina? The weather's going to be beautiful. I know that. It's beautiful right now. We're here at the Market Party Express. Uh, You can be as well. Great place to tailgate. Great place to hang out before the game. Chris, you got anything else, man? Nah, man. Looking forward to tomorrow, and then we'll be back, uh, I guess, on Monday to break it all down, whatever happens. Yep, this has been GC Live. Uh, Shout-out to all of our sponsors. Uh, Shout-out to Kendall Smith for dropping by. Check out Before the Sandstorm. We'll be live at noon on game day, giving you a couple final game day thoughts on South Carolina versus Missouri. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, hanging out in the chat. Appreciate you if you're on the podcast as well. Appreciate all the support. It is never taken for granted. He is Chris. I am Wes. We'll see you all soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.